Oh, you boys, they my brothers, they my friends. Yeah. I let Coach Sumlin. Yeah. I let the stoop. The entire first half, we got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money, and all we wanted to do was have pouty expressions on our face. Hello and welcome to the Around the 12 podcast. I'm your host, Tanner Price, and I'm here with my co-host, Greg Hawkert. How are we doing tonight, Greg? I am doing good. It is a good Thursday evening. Had a lot of had a lot of fun. Uh, good weekend around the Big 12 last week and uh, looking forward to this weekend as well. Yeah, for sure. So I think that... Where do you want to start? We're gonna we're definitely gonna start with uh, the Big Twelve scoreboard, and then we'll we'll move on from there. But but what game do you want to start with, Greg? Well, we can go ahead and start. I think um, with the biggest game of the week, uh, TCU and Texas. Uh, I think that's the one you have to start with, um, being that TCU remains undefeated. Uh, big time. That's Big that's Twelve big. still has its playoff hopes alive. Yeah, for sure. And I mean. Again, here we go. Some talking heads thrown out that even if TCU goes undefeated, they're not going to make the the college football playoff. And I, I don't like that. I don't like that they're saying that. That's just, it's just disrespect towards the Big Twelve. Um, but back to this game, man, it was good. It was good, and I think it destroyed, like you said, a little bit. Not not all of it, but a little bit of the narrative. Um, that the Big 12 doesn't play any defense, that TCU just has to come from behind every game to win. Well, uh, no one reached 20 in this game, and TCU um, was holding the lead the entire time. So kind of destroyed that narrative. Yeah, so the game the game ends up being 17-10. to 10, um, And honestly, I think it should have been 17-3. to 3. Uh, Max Duggan fumbled, and I'm not sure who it was on Texas, but... A Texas defender picked it up and ran it back for a touchdown, but I really think that TCU kind of just handled the game pretty well. They they stopped Texas, holding them to a field goal on offense. So, Yeah, I think it, it just shows a lot about TCU that they can win in multiple ways. And I mean, we've seen it throughout the whole year. Everyone, everyone knew that they could score, um, but we didn't know what would happen if Max Duggan was having an off day. Um, to an extent, he was. Now you have to give the Texas defense a little bit of credit, but Max Duggan, he only threw for 4.3 yards per completion. And this, for a quarterback, that's it's just not good. Um, it's, it's it's below average for sure. And so uh, the TCU offense definitely with a below average day, but the defense was able to more than make up for it. Um, and I think we saw that uh, on Saturday. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that uh, Texas also had a chance to be in the be in the game um, but their defense there was, it was just two bad plays honestly that's that's all it was they had a mi- miscommunication with the safeties when Quentin Quentin Johnson cut his touchdown and then when Keandre Miller ran for what was that 70 yards something like that um, but outside of those two plays Texas's defense played Played pretty well. So you're telling me this could have been a three to three tie. <laughs> we uh, we're not we're not talking about any any Big Ten games here, Greg. That's that's not what we're doing here. <laughs> no, and I think again, I just want to give TCU's defense all the credit. I mean, Texas had every opportunity to make it a game. The three points that they ended up had, they had a first and goal, I believe, inside the five yard line, um, and TCU forced them to three points. So 
just an incredible performance by TCU's defense and uh, Texas, uh, contrary to some preseason expectations, again, um, I mean, we'll see how the rest of the year goes, but six and four so far, looking looking to be another average uh, to, to disappointing year for uh, for Texas. Yeah, yeah. You you would think that they might have had a little bit of a better year from the get go, but ultimately, when when Ewers goes down against Bama, it's it kind of sets you back a little bit. But I I don't know. Yeah, going going along with what you're saying, Greg, the the TCU's defense is is stout. They held Texas to one of 13 on third on third down and Bijan really didn't get anything going. He did only have 12 carries, so that could be uh designed off night, but still. Yeah, I'm I know he didn't I know I think he averaged like 2 yards a carry, 2 and a half yards a carry, but I mean, if you're Texas and you only have 3 points, you you've got to get Bijan on the ball more. I mean, he's you, one of the best running backs in to. college football. I mean, he's going to be a if not first round, probably second round NFL draft pick. Um, you've got to get him the ball. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the Iowa State Oklahoma State game. Uh, Greg and I were there. We got to witness for three quarters, just kind of awful football. It, yeah, <laughs> it was. It's something that uh, I think Iowa State fans might be used to this year. I mean, they've been in some some defensive battles, but. Uh, up until this past week, um, for Oklahoma State, it's been it's been all about how many points can you put on the board, and that was the complete opposite case on Saturday. Uh, Oklahoma State comes away with the win, uh, twenty to fourteen. Um, the under hit. So, that was a, so yeah. you called that one. I'll, I did. I'll give you props for that. You called that one. I did call that one. Um, I also did call. Don't forget my lock of the week with the TCU at Texas game. That was a. TCU covered. I am doing very well. Um, but Gunnar Gundy comes in, starts the game. Garrett Rangel, who started the previous week for Oklahoma State, was out with an illness. And Spencer Sanders was basically doubtful, but eventually came in. But back to Gunnar. Gunnar, uh, he only attempted 12 throws. He only completed five passes. One of them, granted, was for 81 yards. He he dropped it right in. By John, far the best throw of the day. Oh yeah, he dropped it right in John Paul Richardson's breadbasket. It was just, it was money. Um, Iowa State did have some chances to win the game though. Iowa State had five turnovers, so I think that if you, if Iowa State turns the ball over twice, they win the game. Um, I mean, even with five turnovers, they had a chance to win it down the stretch and. Um, uh, just the receiver dropping a wide open pass running down the field. I mean, uh, beat all of OSU's defense. It was. I, I mean, no one was within 15 yards of him. But oh. uh, you have to give the Oklahoma State defense credit. I think um, they've gotten a lot of uh, hate this entire year, and to come out and uh, hold Iowa State to 14 points, force five turnovers. Um, that was just a big time, big time performance. For have them. some, have some crucial sacks. That that was also big to seal seal the game. And then I think the the most glaring storyline of this game that, that we have to acknowledge, that you mentioned earlier, was Spencer Sanders coming in, playing uh, playing savior, playing hero, coming in basically right at the start of the fourth quarter when Oklahoma State, I mean, at this point, um, hadn't scored in what, a quarter, quarter and a half? Almost, I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 felt like, it felt like they might not, not get a first down uh, the rest of the game, and, and Spencer Sanders comes in and 
uh, almost seamlessly uh, with one good shoulder, uh, takes them down the field uh, for the eventual, uh, or what would be uh, the go-ahead, go-ahead touchdown. Right. Yeah, one one glaring thing here, and I think this is this is more so not necessarily on Gunnar Gundy himself, maybe played calling, but Oklahoma State was one of fourteen on third down. So between yeah. Oklahoma State, Texas, and eventually we'll get to we'll get to OU, but it's it was like three of three of thirty five or thirty six. It was not a not a good day for yeah, and and it's tough, Gunnar. It, that was his first college start, um, and unlike. Unlike Garrett Rangel, the prior week, he had to go up against the best defense in the Big 12, uh, a top 10 defense in the country. Um, and so that one for 14 on third down, I mean, he was facing third and eight, third and nines when Iowa State knew. Iowa State knew it was coming. And for and for a freshman, I mean, it's just not a situation uh, that, that you're going to succeed in. But Iowa State's defense played well, gave him a chance to win the game, as I, as I think that they've done pretty much all year. Right. Um, but... Hunter Deckers and and the rest of the Iowa State offense which was not able to capitalize. Yep, yep. So now we're gonna go ahead and move on to the Kansas State at Baylor game. I mean, there there is not that much to talk about here. Kansas State ends up winning this one big, thirty-one to three. I thought it would be much closer. Oh my goodness! Um, this... As you could probably have. Uh, been able to tell based on the fact that I picked Baylor to win the game, <laughs> um, but yeah, Adrian Martinez goes out early, um, gets hurt on a quarterback sneak, which is odd. I don't know if someone fell on him. I actually don't know what he injured. Um, it's very odd. I, I I don't ever think I've seen anyone get hurt on a quarterback sneak before. Yeah. Um, but Will Howard comes into the game, and I mean, he just tears it up. Throws for three touchdowns. And uh, Kansas State really never looked back. No, no, it uh, it was it was kind of surprising how how well they played. I mean, I kind of I mentioned this last week that Kansas State is the more disciplined team. I know Dave Aranda does some really great things with Baylor, and this is this is not a shot at Baylor, but Kansas State is very disciplined. Chris Kleinman does a great job with the team. He also, I think. I think all the coaching staff for Kansas State schemed really well for for Baylor's defense to basically help Will Howard and if Adrian Martinez hadn't gone down, help them out uh, to put them in some good situations to make some plays. But Kansas yeah. State played very well. Yeah, I I think Will Howard is a, is is a much different player than Adrian Martinez. He still has um, he's still a threat to run. Um, maybe not as much so as Adrian Martinez is, but um, I think uh, I think he's got a much better arm. Um, at least that's what he's shown up to this point. This game was eerily similar to the Oklahoma State-Kansas State game. Now the score didn't get quite as bad as that one did, but Baylor just could not get anything going on offense. Blake Shapin struggled all day through two interceptions, um, and Kansas State just controlled the entire game. Control time of possession, which is an overlooked stat, uh, these days in, in the in the no huddle um, quick tempo offenses that you see a lot of times in college football but um, had the ball for 38 minutes um, so just really controlled the entire game and uh, with that win I mean they they control their own destiny to make the big 12 championship um, this is a great win for them yeah yeah I 
I think it could be interesting to have a all-purple Big 12 championship. That, uh, <laughs> that would be a first. <laughs> that would be funny for sure. But, yeah, so Kansas State kind of rolls there. Um, we're going to move on now to the to the Oklahoma at West Virginia game. It was kind of kind of a weird situation there. A lot of fog, a lot of weather. 11 a.m. game, Morgantown. I mean, I feel like it's going to get a little bit weird. Um, yeah, that... I don't envy anyone who was actually at that game. It did not look fun. It was super windy, um, foggy, misty. I think it. I think it was raining for a good majority of the game. <laughs> Probably got everything. Um, yeah, and the game was was just as ugly as the weather was. Um, honestly, um, <laughs> OU, OU. Um, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, one for eleven on third down. They were able to run the ball really well, which usually in these poor weather games that's a good indicator whoever runs the ball well uh usually wins the game and um OU was able to run the ball for almost six yards of carry um however when they had to throw it they did not have much success right right and I mean for for our listeners maybe who aren't as into the stats as we are for for a rushing game you're a good a good solid performance is about four yards of carry to get to get almost six yards of carry for Oklahoma, that's 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 a really good sign. But like like Greg mentioned, you got you got to be able to convert on on third downs. Yeah. Um, so I mean, if you're averaging six yards of carry, like that, that's great. Um, but when OU throws the ball, you know, on first down, throws an incompletion, and then you're looking at second and ten, you just you don't set yourself up very well. And so when you're getting in these third and long situations where you're being forced to throw the ball, I mean. Uh, I get it. The conditions weren't necessarily favorable, uh, but one for eleven is is not great. They did have um, they did have one touchdown. They got called back. Uh, would have changed the game for sure. I think OU OU had a chance to take control early, and they nearly did, uh, but they were forced to kick a field goal um, after the pass interference call uh, called that touchdown back. Yeah, it was. It's kind of a kind of a weird play. So essentially, it's a wide receiver screen, um, but. The other wide receiver who's out there blocking, it was blocking, but the rule is that the wide receiver on a wide receiver screen cannot catch the ball in front of the line of scrimmage while the other receiver is blocking. So that's that's where that was called back. Yeah, and I mean, they made the right call, um, but still just uh, a bad break for OU. Um, however, West Virginia, and um, I think it's time to move on to, <laughs> to, to West Virginia, they... Um, they did not look good for most of the game. Uh, JT Daniels struggled. Um, the entire offense struggled. And then, uh, similar to Oklahoma State, but in a much different way, were um, given a lot of life with a different quarterback coming into the game. Yeah, for sure. Garrett, Garrett Green comes into the game and just runs. He, he's probably still running right now. Who, who knows? But he runs for 119 yards, two touchdowns, and... Yeah, West Virginia just kind of, you know, just they, they just hung, they, on, they, hung they, in there. They really stole the game. And, I mean, home field advantage plays a factor for sure. I mean, I think uh, especially when you're talking about West Virginia being as far as they are. Um, but, yeah, I mean, West Virginia down the majority of the game, um, not really having much of a threat to throw the ball. They were still able to come back and, and win. Garrett Green was really good. Um, and then they converted two huge fourth downs. I believe one was 
on the drive that tied the game, and then the other was on the drive that they eventually went down and, and kicked the field goal to win as time expired. Um, so just really a clutch performance for West Virginia um, in a time in which the entire uh, fan base, I think, has just been has just been down. Uh, it was a much-needed win, I think, for the whole uh for the whole athletic department, really, and, and the fan base as a as a whole. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, that that puts West Virginia now at four and six, and OU at five and five. So we're both, gonna we're both gonna teams get, still have a chance to make yeah, a bowl game. So. Yeah, we're gonna get to it, but both teams definitely have a chance to make it. Actually, fun fact: now I believe every team, yes, every team does have a chance to make it. To a bowl game. I don't know if that'll happen. That'll mean a lot of uh, six and six teams here in the Big Twelve. Maybe not what we want to see, but every team does still have a shot at making a bowl. And then, so really briefly, moving on to the last game, Kansas and Texas Tech. Um, I think this one probably not a lot of people caught, being that it was on ESPN Plus. Um, much closer than the score indicates. Texas Tech wins forty-three to thir- or forty-three to twenty-eight. I'm sorry. Um, Kansas had a chance to win the game late. They were down down eight with about four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Jason Bean uh, was sacked and fumbled the ball. Texas Tech picked it up inside their own 10-yard line and, and then just ran it in for a touchdown and basically clinched the game. Um, Kansas, uh, with some killer, uh, just killer mistakes, missing two field goals, um, r- really when the game was still within reach. They missed one going into halftime. Um, and then their defense just... Uh, they they just they, they can't seem to stop anyone, except for Oklahoma State. <laughs> That's fair. With the true freshman quarterback, yes. But yeah, so Kansas. I mean, Devin Neal continuing to to run the ball well on the ground. Ran for almost two hundred yards. Jason Bean threw for two seventy. Just some costly costly mistakes there. Um, so Texas Tech. Tyler Shook comes in and he he didn't play bad didn't play great but texas tech's running game just balled out yeah i think uh texas tech has played quarterback musical chairs all year (laughs) with with their injuries and uh shook uh he was the quarterback to start the year he got injured in the first game of the season donovan smith comes off the bench uh, played well at times, but ultimately Tech eventually decided to go with the true freshman, Baron Morton, who sh- has shown a lot of potential. He played really well when he had the chance. Uh, Baron Morton went out in the TCU game uh, last week, or two weeks ago now, and uh, Tyler Shook has now taken over, and uh, like you said, Tanner, he played uh, he didn't play great, but he, he I mean, he played solid. He did, he did, he did enough to win, um, and ult- ultimately, I think uh, when you're talking about conference games in November, I don't think uh, I don't think the stat line really really matters. Um, so um, a good win uh, for Tyler Shook and uh, honestly a good good comeback story. Yeah, definitely. All the all that really is important here is that Tech got a W. That's that's kind of the most important thing here. That's right. Now Tech is also one game away from making a bowl game. So so yeah, it was. A quite it was a fun week. It was a fun week. We per- had some we had some good games. Yeah, pretty eventful week. Um, some some shockers, some not so not so much as shockers, but uh, yeah, some some good games where we'll we'll get to the we'll get to the preview 
in a few minutes, but right now we're going to go ahead and go to the Big 12 basketball scoreboard. So, I know we said, we mentioned last week that we are Oklahoma State fans. We might have to actually retract that statement now. No, I just think <laughs> that I think that we need to own up to something. Um, we, and, and rightfully so, uh, gave OU a little bit of crap <laughs> for being the one Big 12 team uh, in in the first first week of the season to lose and TCU. Yeah, we gave to yeah, but they won at least. Um, oh, that's true. That's so true. so OU lost to Sam Houston State in the first week, and uh, Tanner and I had a little bit of fun talking about that. And then Oklahoma State comes out um, and loses to Southern Illinois. Uh, just a really not a good loss. Uh, I mean, any loss right now um, to uh, a mid major. I mean. It's not really something you want to see, although the parity in college basketball right now is is with the transfer portal is so crazy. Um, it's but almost yeah. like you have a new team every year, so coach, I could see why coaches are struggling. But yeah, but it's still not a good loss at home, Southern Illinois. That's that's one you've got to win. Yeah, for sure. And they did eventually come back and redeem themselves in Oakland this last weekend. But yeah, it's not it's it's not good. Um, coaching could probably be a little bit better. They're up at least by 10 at one point, and give up the lead. So it's not something that you want to see. And some other notice, notable um, Big 12 basketball results. So Texas um, blows out Gonzaga 93-74 to in Austin, which is a great win for that program. Um, yeah, that's just, huge. Just an incredible win. I mean, that will give them a lot of momentum heading into the year. Uh, again, right now these games, they don't seem like they mean a lot. We're talking about basketball in November, um, but when it comes February and March and some of these teams are on the bubble, you'll look back to November and, oh, you know, Texas beat Gonzaga by 19 points. I mean, that's that's a huge win. Yeah, and Gonzaga's number two in the country right now. I know rankings don't really mean much as of right now, but still, I mean, that's... Year, a- in, year in, year out, Gonzaga's going to be a, a one-two seed in the tournament, three right. seed in the tournament, so right. that, that's a huge win. Right, yeah, and then we go we go on to Kansas and Duke. So some really two blue bloods, and Kansas pulls out a five point win. It's, that's a that's a big win. I mean, both teams are ranked within the top ten. Um, really, just making the Big Twelve look good here. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, Texas beating Gonzaga, Kansas beating Duke. I, it just honestly further furthers the point that the Big 12 is, is is one of the strongest conferences in college basketball, if not the strongest. Right, and that's why when we get into conference play, you see maybe a 10-10, and 10, I don't know, maybe TCU team in conference play, or sorry, 9-9 nine and nine TCU team in conference play, and everybody's like, oh, well, like, why, is, why should TCU make it to the make it to the tournament? And while, it, I mean, you're seeing this right now, Texas and Kansas are showing up and it's 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 a good thing for the conference. It's yeah. I mean, you saw that last year with TCU. I mean, makes it as an eight seed, beats the number one seed Arizona. So I mean, it, it's a very deep conference. You're talking like the seventh and eighth best teams in the Big Twelve would probably be fourth or fifth in most other conferences. So exactly. Um, and then I guess uh, on a lesser positive note, uh, TCU does drop what probably. Uh, next to OSU Southern Illinois was the most shocking result um, of this past week, losing to Northwestern State 64-63. to uh, It is notable Mike Miles, uh, TCU's uh, star point guard, did not play. Um, 
Yeah, I don't. Get, I don't think that matters though. You can't lose to Northwestern. Well, State. well, I would. I would couch it by saying your best player isn't playing, but there's plenty of opportunities. I was looking at some stats a little while ago, and TCU shot nine and a half percent from three. You just yeah. You have you have to be better than that. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of what we're looking at. Also, Greg, since uh, since our podcast came out last week, since our first episode came out last week. There was some news that came out about the Big 12 this week. Speaking of... Uh, yeah, speaking of Gonzaga, yep. um, there's some interest, some mutual interest between Gonzaga and Big and the Big 12. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? I just, I know this, we didn't really plan this, but I just... No, kinda... I mean, that's a great question. I was thinking the same thing when we were talking about the Texas-Gonzaga score. Um, it would do a lot, I think for the Big 12 as a whole. And, I mean, I'm not talking just about basketball now. Gonzaga would only join in basketball from what I'm aware of, but in terms of just the interest that that would generate um, with uh, TV revenue, which unfortunately drives everything in college sports, um, it would be huge. And then I think just from a pure basketball standpoint, I mean, what else can you ask for? I, I think the biggest gripe on Gonzaga over the last however many years is the conference they play in and then they get into the tournament and some people think they lose games that, you know, they, they shouldn't. And, uh, well, well that can always be debated if Gonzaga is able to join the big 12. And I mean, I, I just think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think, I think the increased competition will be good for everybody. I think your, your conference schedule is going to be, it's already brutal. <laughs> and then you, and then you add like Tanner, so the top five team in the country almost year in year out. Gosh, yeah, I it's mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be wild, um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to kind of was kind of wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. And we'll, we'll talk more about uh, things of that nature when we uh, get when when football winds down and and uh, maybe there's a little bit more to talk about. The uh, um, seems to always happen in the dog days of summer. This this type of stuff will come out, but uh, yeah, this. Uh, Gonzaga to the Big 12 rumors uh, kind of came out of nowhere, especially since we're in the midst of um, all college sports, all professional sports, it seems like. so. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, also, this is just for anybody who's listening that is a wrestling fan. Oklahoma State did land the number one wrestling recruit in the country this last weekend, so that's that's something of notable news. And eventually we'll, we'll get into Big 12 wrestling. The Big 12 wrestling conference is really weird because it 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 reaches to like air force and you it's just it's very interesting and hopefully hopefully we'll get there we'll have to do a little more prep for that but greg let us let's focus on the week 12 in football what so we- before be- well before we move on to week oh, 12 so here we go here so we go we're I'm gonna pre- we're gonna preview week 12 and i'm just gonna preface <laughs> with uh i apologize if anyone was actually listening to my predictions last week because <laughs> I went 0 of 5, and it hasn't happened yet this year, but I told Tanner the second we uh, turned the microphone on that, of course, something like this would happen. So I go 0 for 5, and my lock of the week doesn't hit. Um, so we're, we're shooting for a better week this week. Tanner went 3 and 2. His lock of the week hit. So honestly, um, pretty pretty solid. Pretty solid outing from you. Yeah. Yeah, I felt I felt good. I was, I was thinking that I might go with the West Virginia – in the West Virginia Oklahoma game, but I decided to go with Oklahoma and kind of bit me in the Man, butt. If you would have gone with West Virginia, that would have been mean, wild. Yeah, but 
it's all right. We are moving on to this next week. Hopefully, hopefully, my friend Greg over here might do a little better. This Ho- hopefully, week. I'll, I'll I'll go at least one of four. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. Get it, get one win in there. So first step, Bedlam. It's it's Bedlam week. OU is a seven point favorite in Norman. Um, this this game is really interesting. Obviously, it, it is every year. Um, and like Tanner and I said last week, we're gonna try our best to hold our all our biases. Um, but yeah, OU seven point favorite coming off the loss to West Virginia, um, Oklahoma State. I think the biggest I think storyline surrounding Oklahoma State this year has been the injuries. Um, as of right now, um, Spencer Sanders says he's a go. He said, I'm playing. Um, now, it could have just been the adrenaline from you know, the the Oklahoma State-Iowa State game, but Spencer Sanders says he's going to give it a go. We won't know how healthy he is till he's really in there and, is, and has taken his first couple of hits, but I think, uh, I don't just think, I know, that changes the game. Um, that changes the game for, uh, for Oklahoma State. Yeah, for sure. I think I think it's going to be a very fun game. I mean, last weekend, Eric Gray against West Virginia goes for 211 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that that is a stat line right there. And you're talking about an Oklahoma State rush defense, which we talked about last week, that has struggled throughout the year. Um, so that could be a potential uh, strength on weakness that OU could exploit, although uh, OSU did did do they did much better against Iowa State last week. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, Greg, let's go ahead and give our bedlam predictions. I will take Oklahoma State. Um, I think that with Spencer Sanders coming back, hopefully, um, hopefully we see him healthy. I, I don't think any fan. Uh, I, I mean. Give or take, most fans probably don't wish uh, the other team being unhealthy. So hopefully we see a healthy Spencer Sanders. Uh, I think Oklahoma State is going to get a few other key players back. They got their top two receivers back last week. Um, that They weren't really showcased very much, and a lot of that, like Tanner and I talked about, was due to the fact that um, Oklahoma State had their third-string quarterback in um, for the majority of that game. Um, but I think with Oklahoma State's um, some of their stars coming back. OU's reeling right now. I mean, a loss to West Virginia. Uh, that fan base is is not very happy. Uh, of course, a Bedlam win would change a lot of that. Um, but I just think that uh, Oklahoma State, assuming Spencer Sanders is a full go, um, I think you've. I, I've got to get them. Give them the nod. Yeah, I'm not. I'm honestly, this is not me as an Oklahoma State fan. I. I when I heard and saw this line come out, I was a little confused. Um, I didn't really understand it, but I could see where the, the line comes from with with OU's rushing game being really strong, o, uh, Oklahoma State's uh, run defense not being very good. Kind of like what we talked about last week. OU's at home. I think that's a big yeah, especially when it comes to Bedlam. That's that's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. So that is that's going to be an exciting game. I think I'm going to have to go with Oklahoma State. And I actually have my lock of the week as Oklahoma State plus seven or seven and a half or even six and a half. <laughs> Depending on where you look, um, Oklahoma State is a anywhere from a six and a half to a seven and a half point underdog. Um, but yeah, I, I really like that line as well. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think what you see again and most rivalry games, uh, but but in Bedlam especially these last few years, I mean, you're talking about 
Oklahoma State wins by four last year. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's just been it's been close for the most part, uh, year in year out. So that that seven seven and a half point line, I, I like that pick. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. It'll be very interesting. I think it's gonna be a tight one. I'm not sure. It might end up being whoever has the ball last is going to pull out the W. But, uh, Greg, TCU and Baylor. Uh, right now, TCU is a three-point favorite. Who do, you, who do you have in this one? I have TCU. I'm pretty confident in this one. I think um, uh, this is my lock of the week is going to be TCU uh, not only to win, but to cover that three points. Uh, I think that the offense of TCU will bounce back. I think Max Duggan will have a, a better game. Uh, Quentin Johnson and, and and company, I think that they play a lot better. I think TCU's defense um, is pretty confident, rightfully so, after shutting down Texas last week, and they're 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 facing a Baylor offense that has struggled uh, for the good majority of the year. Um, and Baylor's defense, I think their biggest weakness has been getting off the field on third down. And for a TCU team that is so dynamic, can beat you in so many ways, both running and throwing the football. I think uh, I don't know if they're going to beat them as bad as Kansas State did, but I can see TCU uh, running away with this one. Yeah, I'm I'm with you as well. I would say that that minus three is kind of surprising. Um, I I do understand with it being at Baylor, having having that home field advantage in the Big Twelve is is a big deal. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go with TCU. I don't I don't really have anything else to say other than TCU is just kind of rolling right now. And Baylor had a tough loss last week, so. I mean, this one is a rivalry game too. I think uh, TCU and their fans would remember 2014, arguably the best TCU team until, definitely until this year and and, and years past as well. But uh, their lone regular season loss was that uh, that famous 61 to 58 game in Waco when Baylor took them down and kept them ultimately out of the college football playoff uh, mm. the first year that the playoff was in existence. So a little bit of a revenge game for uh, at least the fan base. Yeah. Because none of the players remember that. <laughs> but Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so now we're going to move on to Kansas State versus West Virginia. So this one is in Morgantown. Um, Greg, who do you have? So Kansas State is the 7.5-point favorite. Um, I'm not sure if they'll cover that or not. That doesn't matter. I've got Kansas State to win. Um, I think that they're the much more disciplined team. I think that, uh, again, you you have question marks surrounding West Virginia's quarterback spot. Um, Will they go back to JT Daniels? Will will Garrett Green start again? I don't think it matters. Uh, I think that Kansas State's defense, regardless of who it is, will be able to shut them down. Um, Again, much more disciplined. They can stop the run. Um, I've, I've got Kansas State. Whatever you say, Greg. You want me to follow your advice for all these games? I mean, come you on. shouldn't. Come on, <laughs> you, sh- you shouldn't. Okay, so I love what Will Howard has done. Adrian Martinez has played well when he's been healthy. I mean, it's it's hard for me. It's hard for me not to pick Kansas State. But I almost went with West Virginia last week. I should have done it. I didn't. And I'm going to this week. I have West Virginia. I know that Kansas State offense, defense looks amazing. But I don't know. Just Morgantown is just, I just have a feeling. I just have 
a solid feeling about West Virginia this week, but we'll see if I'm. I don't. I, I just don't think Kansas State cares about your feeling. <laughs> I think they're gonna win. <laughs> we'll have to see about that one. Um, next we got oh my favorite. Oh Texas and Kansas. Texas my, my is my favorite matchup. Nine point favorites. Now that's a little bit too high. Greg, why was this not your lock of the week? I I'm interested to see um, this. Kansas was my lock of the week last week. They let me down. I'm not gonna give them another chance. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, look. This is going to be fun um, for all of the reasons, um, mainly one, last don't, year. Don't be a hater, though. Last year. No, I'm not, I'm not hating. I'm just objectively saying <laughs> Kansas, with one of the upsets of the year last year, um, going into Austin and winning uh, that game, especially in the fashion that they did. Um, now they get them in Lawrence, and I think you're going to see a very uh, hyped up, Kansas crowd, and again, Texas, they don't, up until the Kansas State game, had not won a road game, under- a true a true road game under Steve Sarkeesian. So again, I think Quinn Ewers has struggled lately. Now again, like we talked about earlier, Kansas probably uh, probably the worst defense in the Big 12, so if, if there's a get-right get week for Quinn Ewers, it should be this week, um, but being the fact that it's on the road, I, it presents a lot of opportunities for Kansas. That being said, if they can go back to Bijan Robinson and, and and Sark and the rest of that team can remain patient, and if they don't mind winning, maybe not necessarily a low scoring game, but for but for Texas, maybe a low scoring game. I think that Texas can pull out this win because I don't see any way, shape, or form that Kansas is stopping B. John Robinson. I totally agree with you. I think Quinn Ewers has struggled recently, and he's admitted to that as much in his in speaking with the media. He said that his his feet have gotten his feet have gotten off recently. He's he's not he's not doing the normal steps that almost every other quarterback does. But I think that this is going to be a a serious get right game for Texas. I I wanted to pick Kansas. It's at the booth. I hope they pack the booth. I hope they do too. It um, would be fun to see. Yeah. It would be fun to see. That, gosh. It's going to be a fun game, but I, I also have to go with Texas. If Kansas wins, they're going to need to replace those goalposts again. Yes. Yeah. I think they might end back up in the lake. <laughs> they probably will. Oh, man. All right, in our final game of the week, we got Texas Tech at Iowa State, and right now Iowa State is a three and a half point favorite. So, Greg, what do you got? Iowa State's at home. Always tough to pick against Iowa State and Ames, so I don't know why I'm doing it. But I'm going to take Texas Tech. Uh, maybe it's a little bit of confidence just from seeing the way that they played last week against Kansas. Um, quarterback situation seems to be straightening itself out a little bit, uh, and their defense has been playing much better. So I'll take Texas Tech. Um, yeah. What about you, Tanner? I think that it's gonna. this game is going to be very similar to the Iowa State-Oklahoma State game of this last weekend. Low scoring. Yeah, low scoring. Yeah. Very defensive-minded, defensive-heavy game. Lots of three and outs. Probably a couple turnovers here and there. Uh, but yeah. I'm going to I'm going to have to as much as I don't want like to Greg. I'm going to have to go with you on this one and go with Texas Tech. Um but I just think if if Iowa State turns 
the ball over like they did against Oklahoma State, or even even two or three times, I think Texas Tech can do enough to take advantage of it. Because, like, how do you win games on the road? I mean, one big way is to force turnovers. Because yeah. that just sucks the life out of the crowd. Gives the whole team confidence. Um, I think Texas Tech takes this one. Yeah. All right. So I like them on that spread, too. That plus three and a half for Texas Tech. I think that's good. I think that's a good, uh, good line. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys listening in. Again, any comments or critiques, um, we're going to try to get a, a Twitter account and an Instagram account started for our podcast. So if you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to us through that. And what do you... Don't, don't run to Vegas with my picks, <laughs> is all I'm going to say. Yeah, do not do that. Um, but thank you guys for listening. It's gonna, I'm going to try to get it up as soon as I can. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Have a great night. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.